Why? Because when you break away from the script, you start to pursue a life by choice, one that is all yours. You are one decision away from unscripting your life and trading mundane for freedom and confidence. Listen and learn alongside others who have already decided that the journey is better than the fairy tale. After listening to this episode, you'll know what it takes to rewrite your life. Welcome back. I'm so excited to introduce you to one of my friends, Matthew Allen. And I love the fact that I get to refer to so many of my guests on this show as my friend. That is the power of networking. That is the power of the mastermind that I've been involved with the last couple of years. And that is the power of having a podcast is If they weren't my friend before the episode was recorded, I really feel like they truly are one of my friends after we're done recording because an hour of thoughtful, powerful, vulnerable, direct conversation can really connect you to somebody. And I hope that each and every time you listen to this podcast, you feel a little bit closer to me and the guests and a little bit more in the know of who you are and what you're here to do and all of that good, yummy stuff, right? So Matthew and I chatted a ton about content about our journey together through Fast Foundations. I was actually his coach inside the round that he did. I think it was about a year or so ago. Uh, But Matthew is a leadership marketing coach and host of the Powerful Online Leadership Podcast. He helps online coaches and entrepreneurs become trailblazers in their industry by uncovering their deeper purpose to create thought-leading and effective content that leads to more sales and more opportunities. It's really cool because I've watched him grow into what he's doing now. And I think this conversation will give you not only permission to ebb and flow and try things on for size and know that if you're an early stage entrepreneur or in the midst of starting a business or thinking about starting a business, you can, you can move, you can shift, you can try things on. But what Matthew's created is this genius kind of framework around how to get you unstuck from just niching down saying you do one thing, right? And he wants you to become truly like the only and obvious solution to your ideal client's problems. So we focused a ton on what problems do you solve as your niche, right? And I always like to say you are your niche and it's okay to be you fully. I think we hear and are confused at times what niching down means. We have to only solve one problem. We have to only talk to one client avatar. Check out this episode. Let me know what you think. If you agree with this perspective, we would love to hear from you. You can tag Matthew and I on social, telling us your takeaways. I think it's a really powerful episode, and I can't wait for you to listen. Matthew, dude, welcome to the show. You and I know each other from Fast Foundations, The Mastermind. I couldn't wait to have you on the show today, but you and I got to connect the other day like we hadn't for a while. And it was so funny because you're like the fourth or fifth person that I've had like some form of contact with, like more recently, again, on social media, for whatever reason, I hadn't seen your stuff in the last couple of months. But then now all I see is you and it's like, so good. And I feel like I've been calling back in people that have that high energy vibe. Mm. So I can tap into theirs. So then then I can get my cup filled up too. Is that is that fair of me? Am I allowed to do that? I know exactly what's happening, Jess. And by the way, thanks for having me. I'm yeah, I was so excited to reconnect because Jess, you were my coach in Fast Foundations, and uh, it was such an honor to have you as my coach. It was so fun getting to chat with you, our quick thirty-minute sessions, and just you know keeping me clear on my focus and giving me great perspective. Um, so you loved having you as my coach, and yeah, I'm so happy we reconnected. But I'll tell you why it's happening. It's because what we were talking about, you are stepping into more of your purpose. You're done with the beauty shit. You're moving to this helping people with their podcasts, speaking their voice. And I have similarly been doing the same in my end and really leaning into my truer purpose. And because of that, we are attracting each other into each other's worlds. 
how good and juicy is that? Are you guys here for that shit or what? Hell okay, yeah. honestly, that is the best answer to that thought that I had. And I think you and I both woke up on the same side of the bed, like not in the same bed, but on the same side of the bed this morning, because of course, like all good podcast interviewers, I'm talking about myself here. I go and I do some good stalker research for about 15 to 20 minutes before I jump on an episode with somebody I'll do pre-research, but I always like to see what is in their mind literally as we go to record, because usually it's what's most relevant and that they're going to get the most fired up talking about. And probably something that they're, they're dealing with personally, but also maybe their clients are dealing with or something that's trending in life. So you literally did a post that was almost identical to mine this morning about waking up in a funk and you went on to share some really awesome stuff. So I just want to rip off the mandate and jump right into that because you are someone like myself who has established not just what I'd call rituals, right? I think I feel like rituals is a little bit more of a foofy term, but really like disciplined habits around getting out of said funk and getting back into action because you've figured out your bigger purpose for now. Um, so can we speak to that just a tiny bit? Yeah, it's funny because then I get a message from one of my clients in Voxer who's like, I am in a funk today. I know I'm amazing, but I'm just not feeling it. I'm like, oh, same here. Now I'm hearing you or two, Jess. Um, yeah, and it happens. That's life, right? It's the ups and downs of life and you're not always going to feel good. Um, but for me, it's just been a constant practice of like, yeah, how can I move through this quicker? Because we don't have to stay there. And I, I think there's like a study, you only stay in these like self-sabotaging habits, or these negative emotions for like five minutes, and then we move through it. But like, it's us as humans that keep dwelling on it, dwelling on it. What's wrong with me? Oh, no clients are, you know, DMing me and all this stuff. No one's listening to my podcast, whatever. Um, and we start to just go down that. So what tools do we use to get out of those quicker? And I, and I think for everyone, it's different. But for me, and, and what I posted on my story this morning was like, yeah, I woke up in a funk and I was like, cool, let's take the morning a little slower. And I typically have a morning routine, but I'm a manifest generator for those human design homies out there. And so for me, it's not doing, I like, I don't need to stick to a routine. That's not really how I'm designed, but I will fall on these tools when I need them. And I have a bit more to say about that actually. But uh, yeah, so this morning I went right to the journal and I was like, just journal. Let's get the thoughts out. And I don't just journal and get thoughts out. But what I love to do is then to start to shift the journal practice into like, what am I here for? Like you said, stepping in that purpose. And it's a reminder to myself, like, why am I here? And does it matter if I haven't signed a client on a week? Does it matter if my reels haven't been doing well or whatever? None of that should matter. I shouldn't let, you know, living conditionally. I shouldn't let these things dictate my happiness. I should just, I could be able to be happy without that stuff because I know what I'm here for. And that's, I love myself, right? Those things. So kind of going through this journal practice and like reminding myself, why am I here? And, and then through that process, I'm always finishing with gratitude, but specifically gratitude for yesterday. Because our brain loves to convince us that we're not making progress, that nothing is good, right? That's where our brain goes. Uh, so yeah, this morning I had like eight things just sharing gratitude for from, from Sunday. And, uh, and then from there, I'm like, all right, I'm feeling good coffee was hitting. And then I went and did my breath work. And I've been doing Wim Hof almost every day this new year. And that just gets me in a state of empowerment. I just feel so good after that. Uh, and then I'm ready to go. And it was like, yeah, and then I went on my walk. It's freaking negative one degrees here in Denver, Colorado. And I was just like, I feel good. I'm getting this walk in because you know, this is who I am. I get my steps in. I'm a healthy person. And I just, I wouldn't have shown up on my story if I was still feeling crappy. But I moved through it. I felt good. And I wanted to share all that. So yeah. that's what's alive. 
And I love that. And that's part of, you know, what we talk about when we share, you know, how to grow your personal brand. It's being personal, sharing that you're not perfect. You don't have it all figured out, but here are the things that I use to push through and to do all the things. Because at the end of the day, I feel like as a leadership coach and a marketing coach, like you are, you know, you have to lead. And often that leadership doesn't look like this perfectly polished, you know, after product, I'm using air quotes. It's, it's in the stickiness that we, we lead ourselves. And that's where it starts first. And I know you speak to this with so many of your clients in helping them figure out how to relay their message. How do you storytelling to get their, their message across to the right people so that they can connect and they can build that trust and they can kind of grow whatever it is they're trying to grow whether it's just a community, an audience, they're trying to sell, they're trying to do whatever. Um, you, you help unlock that for people. And I'd love the story of, you know, where you were to where you are now. So can you give a little backstory as to how you got here? And, you know, if someone landed on your Instagram today and they see what, what's here. I love sharing that kind of transition period of the things maybe you tried before or where you were at that got you to this point. So can you give us a little insight of all of that good stuff? Yeah, totally. And uh, bear with me as I kind of rework the story that I've always told. Um, but I'm I'm kind of finding it's the same story, but it's in a different light of the more and more I uncover about myself is that I've always found myself being kind of self-led or I've always wanted more. And I feel like that's a lot of your listeners or they're wanting a little bit more out of life. They want to be this higher version of themselves or uh, really remember who they truly are and to how to voice that. And that was my whole life of you know, I remember being 11 years old and I, I was sitting with the bullies and I was a bully and I didn't like where my life was. And it just took so much pain and so many trips down to the main office to get yelled at by the principal and fake crying so they wouldn't call my mom until I finally was like, I don't want to sit with the bullies anymore. I don't want to be this person. I'm going to sit with my soccer friends. And so one day, 11 years old, I just decided I'm not sitting with them. I'm ditching my best friends. And I'm sitting with these new people. And that's a crazy thing to do as an 11 year old. And then we go to, you know, to 2016, which is like the big part of my story of 26 years old. I'm a civil engineer in New York and I am doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm working on the World Trade Center, you know, helping build that the brand new one world trade. And that's a dream job for any 25 year old civil engineer to have on the resume. And I wasn't happy. I'm like, oh, but I was told this is happiness. And so I'm like, what's going on here? And I was really, it's easy to say this in retrospect, but really at that time I was like, I'm afraid I'm going to be retired. I'm going to have kids. I'm just going to wake up one day and be like, what did I do with my life? So this kind of quarter life crisis led to me riding my bike across America. And so that's what I did. 2016, I rode from New York City to Seaside, Oregon, uh, 90 days, 5,000 miles. It was the best summer, best 90 days of my life, probably still to this day. It still is. Um, and yeah, I got to the end of that trip and I was like, oh, fuck, I'm going to go back to New York City and be an engineer. Now I'm just gonna go back to it and like work for the weekends and thank God for Friday. And, uh, and so it comes back to this moment of like, I meant for more, I want to do more in this world. And, and there's so many stories of this throughout my lifetime, but it always kind of leads to like, uh, I don't want to say a breaking point necessarily, but it's like, I just do it for too long, even though I knew that I wanted something else. So, to, so I said, bear with me, right? You go back to 2008, when I was a freshman in college. I was a business major, wasn't even studying engineering yet. And I, but, but I've been working out since I was 14 years old, uh, been in sports my whole life. So I was finding my solace in the gym because I just wasn't having the college experience I thought I would. And so freshman year of college, I'm in the gym, I'm getting a pump on, looking real good, put the weights down, look in the mirror. I'm like, 
it would be so cool to be a personal trainer, but that's not a real career path. And so back to riding my bike cross country, being like, what, what do I do with my life? I want to do something that I love. And so 2017, I found CrossFit. I got my certification, started part-time coaching. Then in 2018, I was like, fuck it all. I'm quitting engineering. I'm moving to Colorado to be a personal trainer. So it took nine freaking years to pursue what I already knew in 2008. But nope, I had to do what the American dream. I had to do what I was supposed to do. Yeah, we, we just jinxed air quotes there. Um, <laughs> so anyway, so really what it is is like learning to trust myself more and more every day when I have these thoughts. Sure, again, I know my, my human design is stuff to sit with things for a few days, but not let it go months and months and be like, I knew this months ago. Why did I sit through all this pain and suffering when I knew what I wanted? It's because I'm living the way I'm supposed to, or I'm still stuck on doing what I've been doing for a year and being afraid to shift and all of that. So again, I went a little crazy. I'll pause there <laughs> with the story. We, we need sometimes the context of a backstory to understand how we can relate with somebody. And when you are getting newly introduced to a guest on someone's show and they maybe don't know you, like I'm not some famous person that's only bringing on other super high famous people. Like I'm not JLo and uh, you know, it, it's okay. I want people to get enough context so that they can find themselves somewhere in your story. So thank you for sharing all of that. I think that's the beautiful art of podcasting is we all know it's a little bit more long form. So I have found a platform that works for me. You are also more long-winded. We, we love storytelling. It's what we're good at and what we like to do. Mm -hmm. um, and so thanks for sharing all that. And I think it's all important. And I think you probably connected with so many people on just that. Um, that is the premise of why I wrote the book, the art of unbecoming who they told you to be. Mm. It's literally like we follow this rule of what is right and how we should follow the plan again, air quotes to create happiness and to have the dream. And I was right there with you. I did all the same things that I was told were going to make me successful. And I even went one step further and was a bit of a rebel and actually went to beauty school right out of high school, but not without the guilt, shame backpack and hundred pound, you know, whatever, yeah. knowing that it wasn't a real career. So I always had that story in the back of my mind that this wasn't it, that this couldn't be enough and that I would never be successful enough in it. So therefore this was going to be it until I figured it out. And so huh, irony is here we are. I manifested my own reality by my thoughts, but at the same time, I think, you know, you used a version of being in pain to fuel you to change and to do something different and to wake up and recognize, like, I don't have to sit in this. Engineering wasn't going anywhere. Just like I know leaving the beauty industry recently is it's not going anywhere. It, it, it will take me back. It will be a home if I ever do need it. Uh, I'm not burning any boats other than giving up a clientele and you gave up a quote unquote, you know, amazing job. But at the end of the day, you could not have sat and been happy in that space. Neither could I, if you hadn't put yourself out there to see what was possible and to find other joys and passions and things that lit you up. So I know we can never connect the dots looking forward. It's always like connecting the dots looking back. And I think I say that on literally every episode because my whole goal with this podcast is to share how people follow the script that they were supposed to, you know, attain to versus from our parents or society or whatever. But then somewhere along the lines, they fucking were like, I'm rewriting the script. I'm, I'm, I'm flipping the script and I'm doing things my way. And here's how it worked out for me. So you mentioned that feeling stuck and living for Fridays and, you know, only the weekends could you find find happiness. I think a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this podcast or hopeful entrepreneurs or accidental entrepreneurs as the tagline was that Chris Harder called out that called to me. 
And then a lot of people who are in professions, they don't even realize they're actually an entrepreneur, but covered up by working for somebody. Like a lot of people in the beauty industry are those accidental entrepreneurs. So fast forward, we're here now. You started some online businesses. You've done multiple different things to kind of get yourself out into the world, get going. CrossFit is no longer like the main source of thing. Personal training is not what you do so much anymore. It is still who you are. It's part of who you are and what you represent, the healthy lifestyle, all that. How did you transition into the content, storytelling, the coaching, the leadership stuff that you're doing now? Oh, this is so good because I'll, I'll piggyback what you were just saying about the accidental entrepreneur is that when I did leave uh, New York City and come to Denver to be a personal trainer, um, I was going to be the best personal trainer ever. And that's it. And people were going to hear about me, know about me. I'd be on podcasts, wouldn't have to get on sales calls, didn't have to market myself, didn't have to do any of that stuff. I would just be the best. And of course, that wasn't working too well. And while this was happening, I also had this hobby of photography that I was just like really good at, just naturally. And I worked on it and I would spend hours after work doing street photos in New York started transitioning into doing cross photography. And funny enough, five months into being a personal trainer, I think I extended a month every time I talk about this. I think it was like four months, maybe even three. I was like quickly realizing like, this isn't actually what I want to do. Oh dear God, what have I done? But I'm like, I love photography. And so I'm like, well, screw it. If this is, you know, if this is my journey to pursue daily happiness, then I'm not going to continue to block myself from what I truly want. So I started to lean into photography and I was still personal training and CrossFit coaching, um, but I was adding in photography and I was going to become the Colorado CrossFit photographer. And in order to do that, what did I need to do? Oh, I have to get on sales calls. I have to charge my worth. I have to market myself. I have to do all these things. Um, so I started to learn some of that stuff. Then I would take photos for these gyms and for these competitions and they would pay me for photos and nobody would post them. And I'm like, why aren't they doing that? They just paid me for these photos. And I would ask them and they're like, well, I don't really know what to say in my copy, in my caption, like whatever. And I'm like, oh, well, let me help you with that. And so I started helping with gyms, you know, market themselves, not just take photos, but also to help them with the marketing and messaging. And funny enough, this reflection I had, actually, this was actually in the moment. I was shooting this big CrossFit competition in Miami, Florida called Wadapalooza. I was like inches from some of the top CrossFitters ever. I'm like, this is I need these photos to show everyone, you know, I'm in the game with the top level people. And this is going to take me, this is February right before COVID. And I remember being in that weekend or maybe flying home. And I was like, I don't care. I'm not like, this goes back to like, I'm not doing what I want to do in the world. I'm not making a change. Oh, my photos might inspire people to work out. Like, I don't know, but I'm not, I'm not creating that direct contribution the way I want to. Uh, and then lucky for me, as I like to see it. Uh, as I'm going through a, I just moved out from my wife and going through a divorce in February, you know, the world shuts down in, in March and I lose all my photography clients, all the events that were scheduled that summer done, gym shuts down, lose all my training clients. I'm like, now what? I'm like, well, let me dive in. What helped me online coach or like online mentorships and, and these online programs. I'm like, let me make my own. And it was the brand framework and it was absolutely garbage, but of course, the first one has to be garbage. And then, of course, I've taken coaches and, and mentors and programs and all this stuff to get better. But I'm um, really realizing like, man, I fell in love with this idea of branding and getting your message out. And now it has really evolved. And I want to touch on this because this goes back to what I was going to tell you before. And you're like, nope, we're hitting record. But this is what's very alive for me now is that as I continue to evolve and do these things, 
there's that, there's a fear comes up, right? And even for me, like I just moved from New York City to Denver to be a personal trainer. Now I'm going to not do that? Like what's wrong with me? And it's like, there's nothing wrong with me. You've just been sold by the unbecoming, unlearning. You've just been sold this lie that you have to do one thing your whole life. And that's just not true. And especially as a man, Jen, in human design, but like um, that's for most of us, we're supposed to evolve and grow and it, and it should be that way. And it's fun that way. And uh, so, so yeah, so as far as getting to today, I'm kind of having this little bit of evolvement where um, I know Jess, you've seen it and I appreciate you the message you sent me and recognizing this, this kind of idea of leadership marketing and speaking your truth. And now I'm, I'm kind of falling into this idea of like, leadership is one thing. I think there's many ways to be a leadership or to, to be a leader, but I'm really leaning into this idea of being a trailblazer. And I think that's a little different. And I want to speak to that. And I've had this idea and I'm the content guy, right? And I've had this idea on my content calendar to talk about what it means to be a trailblazer and to start using that word more. And it's been a few weeks and I haven't made the content. And literally last night, this morning, I'm like, why am I not making this content? And I'm like, because it means a lot to me because this is important. And I think a lot of people, right. I've gotten over the, like, I'm not, I don't care about shifting. I don't care about people judging. We always care a little bit, you know, but we do it anyway. And I've gotten through that. Okay. I might care what people think, but I'm going to do it anyway. But this is like, why can I not say this? And I'm like, it's truly because of how much I care. And this means so much to me. And I want to get it right. But then what would I tell my clients? Dude, no one's going to remember this shit in a week. So just put it out. And the more you put it out, the better you'll get at explaining it. The, uh, the more effective it will become, the more efficient you'll be at saying it, all this stuff. So I, I just like to tell people, like you said, what's alive for me right now? And another conversation I'm having with my client who's finding resistance um, to creating content. I'm like, dude, I hear you because it means a lot. And that can be scary and you want to get it right. Um, but the best way to get it right is to just do it. Do it raw. Do it. Like mess it up and come from a place that's from your heart and from your truth. And that's kind of like I told my client, I was like, after this podcast that I'm recording, I'm going to make this content. I'm going to make it raw. I'm just going to do it so I can move through it and then do it better the next time and the next time. But you just need to like get through that breaking point. Um, so yeah, that's where I'm at right now. And it's just, again, it's just this practice of like more trust in myself. So just to finally touch on like this idea of the trailblazer, you know, this is kind of two, three weeks in the making compared to nine years of wanting to be a personal trainer compared to, you know, photography and leading into that, how long that took me to fully embody, right? I'm just learning to quicken this time and quick, quicken the period it takes to trust myself and just take action on it. Mm, so good. And you mentioned, I think you said self-trust or some version of that about four times in that conversation. <laughs> I just did a whole podcast episode with somebody around how to build trust with yourself. And I think that's one of the biggest things. And, you know, you, you gave an analogy of, you know, this really means something to you. So you are taking thoughtful time before creating the content because it does really mean something to you. And I, I remember Kai my son's 11. And so it's funny that you shared that story of being so aware at 11 years old that you didn't like where you were at and you made a change. And that's huge. That's huge self-awareness. Your parents shout out to them for, you know, <laughs> doing something right. Yeah. Um, because they, they taught you at an early age to trust yourself and to trust your intuition and trust your gut that what you were feeling didn't feel right anymore and to make a move. You know, so many people are, are in awareness of that intuitive feeling, but they don't make a move. They don't do anything about it. 
And so that's where we turn into that victim story or we start to tell ourselves things of why we can't do something, right? Because we're always in that fight or flight and the fight is most of the time with ourselves and, you know, taking flight on things, it takes a lot of courage and for women especially, but I know men too, like we want to know the outcome of something before we go all in on it. We're like, well, what's going to happen? Or what's the ROI on this? Or, you know, I, I need to be sure before, you know, I put the content out, if we want to just break it down into something smaller, that's not so crazy. But so many people put as much pressure as you moving from New York to Denver on making a piece of content. <laughs> and it's not, it's not, it's not as drastic as that. It's not as like moving to another city with 50 bucks in your pocket. Like one of my last guests was talking about literally putting out content is free. And I, I know you are so passionate about this and I know that you're going to come up with the exact right thing to share your trailblazer message as you start to put it out there. That's just what I see. I know mm-hmm. you will. But also in the midst of serving yourself and your higher like purpose and message, you're bringing people along with you and you just have such like a servant mannerism. Like it is just who you are. You can tell your energy is contagious. You and I had a long conversation the other day on the phone about the energy you bring into a room and being responsible for that energy. And you shared earlier how you switched up the funk instead of letting your own energy get in your way today, you changed it. And you were responsible for the change in that by doing your practices to get out of that state. And as did I, um, and it doesn't take as much as a lot of people think it does. And so if those exercises work to get out of your funk, I wonder if when you get off this podcast, if you would go back through those same practices, journal breath work, and then create the content and see what kind of power comes out of that when you go in with full intention around creating something. But for those who aren't really clear on their message with content. You are someone who now facilitates help with that. So you create something totally for free for people to hang out with you in the content club. Can you share on that? Because I love giving people resources that they can actually go and implement like right away to help them take action. Because we all know we can learn things. And then if we don't do anything with them, often it's even more frustrating than it was before you learned the thing. And Mm -hmm. so it's scary to take action on something new because you want to get it right. So, but you can get into this accountability, this content, like creation thought group. Can you tell us about it so people can get maybe a little less uh, out of their own way? Yeah, totally. It's uh, yeah, it's a free Zoom call with, it's free coaching with me. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's every Wednesday at, at 6 p.m. Eastern. And yeah, you know, going back to this idea of like trailblazing and, and what I've been thinking around this. Um, and it's been my truth actually for a while and reflection, but it's like, this isn't really about content. This is about remembering who you are. And stepping into that highest version of yourself and doing that. And it's like, it's one thing to sit here, right? Even me, right? To sit here and journal about being a trailblazer and talking about my purpose to myself and meditating on it. It's a whole nother thing to show up and put it out in the world. And for me, this is where I've seen some of the biggest growth and uncovering who I am truly. You know, when they say like, show up authentically online. Well, that's really hard to do when you're doing it at first because your voice changes when you get on camera and you just like might do weird things and it is uncomfortable. It can be weird, but you can't have your 50th without your first. So let's get the first one out of the way. And again, no one's gonna remember that shit, but they're gonna remember how you made them feel and they're gonna remember what you did today, not what you did a year ago. But we can't get to that, you know, that future version if we don't take action. So really Content Club is all about helping you gain some clarity into what you truly want to say, how you want to say it, and then giving you some small pieces of tangible steps you take to create that, even if it's just one piece of content. And I've even started adding in, I just did this user experience, like seminar in person yesterday. And I was thinking about my user experience. And I'm like, you know, 
I have these people come into content club and I like DM them and, and I connect with them. But I'm like, how can I make this experience even more fun, better? And I'm like, oh, I could send a follow-up email on what we talked about and be like, hey, here's how I made that piece of content. And hey, or here's a student of mine who made it just like this. And to give them an example of the thing we talked about so that they can maybe replicate that in their own way. So that's like kind of the additional, like this is all free. I'm just like, I love doing it. And I'm like, it's, it's pretty effortless for me to show up this way. And I'm like, let me just continue providing this value because ultimately, uh, you know, the way I see it is if I can help people step into their purpose and my ideal clients are typically these wellness coaches, you know, mindset coaches, life coaches, money coaches, all these things, they're helping bettering the planet. Um, so the more people I can help, then you can help more people. And it's a win-win for all of us. Win, win, win. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's a fun time and there's collaboration with the other online coaches. And, and I think that's really cool too, to hear someone else's perspective. Like if you said something about the beauty industry, you know, even in person, you know, beauty salon, you might think as an online coach has nothing to do with me, but you find a lot of power to hearing someone else's solution, um, and how it can, how you can use it, you know, for your own business. Yeah, no, definitely. And I love that. And you and I also touched on something else the other day that, you know, I, when I thought about transitioning this podcast more into, you know, sharing these, these transition stories, I realized along the way when someone came to me, when the podcast was called the Beauty Inspires Beauty Podcast, they're like, oh, you have a business podcast. And I was like, do I, do I have a business podcast? Yeah. But in that season of my life, I was so uh, intrigued by online businesses and growing your business and how other people were operating in their business because I had gotten into one kind of business and had my head down and I was just in that lane and I didn't look up or look for anybody else's perspective on how to be more successful or do things different or try to be a trailblazer. I just did what was already being done and I did it really well. And so mm -hmm. I had put myself in that glass ceiling in that box and it, it was just so interesting and it made me like step back of how can I be different? How can I start to share things in my own authentic voice? And I find that that does frustrate a lot of people when they say, you know, show up authentically. What does that mean? And I think it's that part where you touched on that self-trust of trusting who you really are, you know, when no one's around. Are you just a copy of what you're seeing? Are your goals your goals? Or are they someone else's goals that you thought you should have because they look successful online or that person became you know, wealthy by selling an online course. And now you've got to be an online course creator. I see a lot of that happening. And the, the premise for all this was just sharing like, no, again, don't do the things you think you should be doing. Do the things that you want to be doing um, and that lights you up. And those will change. And that's why when we have to sit down and or when we try to make ourselves sit down and pick one thing or one purpose or one passion, most of us are multi-passionate. Most of us have big goals and dreams that include tons of different things. And with that, you have to be open to exploring what that might look like. Like you had to become a civil, civil engineer, go to college, become obsessed with working out to then step into personal training, move across the country, do what you did, touch with photography. That photography-based knowledge now leads you into creating content with so much ease. Like mm -hmm. it all makes sense now. Yeah, <laughs> like right. but it, if someone would have laid that out for you, as your life path, you would have been like, what is this shit sandwich? Like, I'm not doing that. That's, that's crazy. It wouldn't have made any freaking sense. And I think we try to make so much sense out of what has happened to us or what cards we've been dealt that we forget about looking forward of like, how can I use what I have? How can I share my story of what I do know, what experiences I do have? Because nobody else has that. Nobody else has that story that you have. No one else has my story. And we forget that. 
we forget that just because we want to maybe share a similar message or teach about a similar thing, doesn't mean that we have to do it like everybody else. You can teach about creating content in your own way. I can teach about starting a podcast in my own way, even though there's a million people who teach how to start a podcast or you can fucking Google it. You know, my story and my history and my energy, like we shared is what's going to get people to want to work with me versus someone else that has the same thing. So I feel like, you know, you and I both had to get to a pace of pain. You shared your divorce and then the shutdown with COVID. Same thing. That's how I started the podcast when my salon was closed. <laughs> I opened my salon six months before COVID. So that was fun. <laughs> nice to invest all your money in something. And then, you know, <laughs> perfect. The government was like, fuck you. And I was like, oh, okay, well now you have no excuse. You have all the time. you got a little bit of extra money. Do what you say you've been wanting to do. You love to talk, like create a podcast. And now I'm putting out into the world. I want my own talk show now. And I want a talk show. I always thought that was like, you know, nah, that's, that's for them. That's, they have that opportunity, whoever mm. they are. So I love how you just show up and you are unapologetic about getting to where you're at. And your content now speaks to that because you talk about how you used to teach people to create content. And now you've been sharing how, mm, yep, used to teach that. It's not what's going on right now. So let's touch on that a little bit because I think the power of knowing who your ideal client is and niching down has been the main focus and you are flipping the script on that, which I love. So can we touch on your kind of new way of teaching people to market what it is that they do versus focusing on the niche and the client avatar, if you will? Yeah, there were so many great things you said in that. So I loved all that. But yeah, as, as far as you know, talking about niching down. Uh, yeah, I used to teach the old way of niching down, which was like, pick this perfect person. Imagine this perfect client. And what are their demographics? White male, 32 years old, Denver, Colorado, plays guitar, makes X amount of money, loves snowboarding, trail running, all this stuff, right? Then the psychographics, their beliefs, all this, all these things. You got to pick this perfect person. Now, we're going to talk about what are their pain points? What are their dreams? What are their goals? What do they want? Right? And that's so backwards. And it's keeping so many people stuck. When in reality, none of that shit actually matters. Well, it does matter. I'll get to that in a second. But it's it's a backwards way of thinking. When in reality, every business on the planet exists to solve a problem. That's it. So you started your business, you listening, started your business to solve a problem. And nine times out of 10, pretty much 10 times out of 10, you're solving a problem for the past version of yourself. Right? So what problem do you solve? Now, your marketing is going to prove that Actually, I skipped a step. You solve that problem in a very specific way based on your story, like you were just explaining. We all solve a problem in a very specific way. So it would take me, for example, if I help you grow your business, there's many ways to do that. You could have a website, a sales funnel. You could start a podcast, write a book, uh, do Facebook ads, or make better content. That's my zone of genius. I'm going to stand on the ledge that it's better content. If, you, if your marketing sucks, and, rea and in reality, if you don't know what you stand for, <laughs> then your marketing will always suck. But if your marketing sucks, your business will always fall flat and you won't make the sales you want. So that's my zone of genius is marketing. And then now my job with, with my marketing, with my content is to prove that my zone of genius is the only and obvious solution to solving that problem, business growth, right? Yours would be actually the same thing, business growth, right? And you would say, start a podcast. That's the best way to grow your business, right? And you should die on that ledge as well. And every time you post content, actually 70% of the time you post content should be around that topic, proving that podcast will grow your business. This is what you need. This is the next thing you need to do and the next thing you need to invest in, 
right? The other 30% is what you were talking about is the storytelling. And this is where all those other pieces come into play. Your demographic psychographics. It's fucking you, you, right? We all have a type just like dating, right? I wouldn't just have sex with any woman on earth. I have a type, right? And that's great. And that's a good thing. And hopefully my partner has a type and I'm her type, right? Um, and that's a better client for you. So why don't you just show up as yourself? That's your demographics and psychographics. Show up as you would and you'll start attracting those people. So that's why you see me trail running and snowboarding and meditating and journaling because these are the things I'm into. And I will attract those people who also are into those things and or would aspire to want to do more things like this. Like when I run a 40-mile trail run, they're like, wow, I run, but like, damn, Matt's a beast. You know, people buy from people they want to be like. So showing those other parts of you. And yeah, storytelling as well. And we can get into that too, which I would love to. But again, just bringing it back, you solve a problem. Make 70% of your content the obvious solution to that problem and in your specific zone of genius, right? And then you will mix in some of these personal things, uh, which really builds that know, like, and trust. Yeah, so good. And I think we just got him to give us some framework in there. And I love a little bit of framework because I love... Uh, a checklist of things that are going to help me accomplish the task, right? Which is creating better content. And to be able to put yourself on a ledge, like he's calling it, like I know that creating better content is the key to growing your business. Just like I know that creating a podcast is your key to growing a engaged community that can then build your business to whatever you want it to be. And I think when you can stand on that ledge, like you're saying, and speak from that, it doesn't exclude anybody. It just lets you stand for something. Yeah. And that's what I think so many people are afraid to do is to stand for one thing or to stand for something um, because they think that's excluding things, but it's not. People will know you through that other 30% or more if you share on social of why they would want to be around you or buy from you or work with you. And I think you being authentic in that way, like sharing your runs, sharing your struggles, Matt and I both talking about how we woke up in a Monday funk and we still wish it was Sunday. Like, that's just who you are. And that's authentic. That's not just painting the pretty picture because if everyone thought we were perfect, they wouldn't be able to relate to us. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think you and I could fake perfect anyways, because that's for the birds. But with all that being said, like, I feel like, yes, storytelling is something that, you know, I just did this amazing podcast episode and my, my, my listeners know I have, um, like, you know, shiny object brain. <laughs> we just had this whole conversation around no story, no meaning is what she called it. And what she did, she was using it in a different context, but hers was when we create stories around things, we give it meaning, right? So this is an example she gave. If, if you go on a date with somebody and they don't call you back, you create this whole story of how nobody likes you. Nobody thinks you're pretty. You better go fix something. Something's wrong. Well, hello, don't we do that on social too? We post a piece of content and because nobody likes it, engages with it, we create this whole story of how we're not smart enough, what we have to say doesn't matter and, um, and, and, and. So let's give a little context to how long this authentic organic growth might take somebody who's fresh out of the gate. Because I think in real fairness, we don't speak to how long it really takes some people to go from not really being known and then popping up on the scene with something they want to create like an online business. I feel like there's, I don't know if there's a time frame, but anywhere from six months, two years, I know you have to be consistent in there. It's not just like I posted once and then six months later I showed up again and I showed my dog and then now I'm saying I sell pencils and you should buy them from me. Yeah. Like, can we talk to like the power of storytelling? Yeah, totally. And there, there were two things I want to touch on that you said that were super important. One uh, being that people talk about too many things. 
right? You drown yourself out. Uh, when you think of this person, oh, this magical person, um, then I could talk about all things. Uh, you know, for me, I could talk about sales. I could talk about mindset. I could talk about creating your offer. But if I do that all the time on social media, nobody knows what to refer me for compared to being like, Matt's the content king. Oh, you're starting a podcast? Go to Jess, right? I've already done that for you. I've sent your profile to some people who want to start a podcast. Now I know how to refer you. And then if I have that problem, I can go right to you. So what you want to be doing is focusing on that, right, on that problem over and over so that when somebody faces the problem in their life, they go, oh, Jess, like, ah, I'm so worried about starting a podcast. I don't know what I should name it. And I need think this equipment and oh, oh God, I'm so scared. You know what? I should just talk to Jess. That should be their next thought. They shouldn't go Google how to start a podcast. They should just DM you, right? And the other thing you said that was super important, I just want to touch on is um, it, it was that, uh, oh, fuck, I just totally lost it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, the person, the person doesn't matter, right? Like, I don't care if you're 20, 80, male, female, rich, poor, it doesn't matter. If you have a problem with your content, I can help you, right? So I think that's where people get stuck in that niche. Like, oh, this person doesn't fit my niche. It's like, it doesn't matter. Can you help them solve the problem? Bam, then let's move forward. So much freedom in that. I love that. And I think that would open up people's ability to create authentic content if they release the pressures of it being like, Sally, the hairdresser is like who I named and she was 40 and she wasn't brand new, but she was this and she was that. And it like kept me so stuck because I am such a literal person. I'm like, no, but you said that. I'm like, well, I didn't mean it like that. I'm like, no, but you literally said it. So I took your words and I made them mean something. I told mm. myself the story. And so that way of messaging kept me stuck in my early, you know, year or two in this transition of going online because I couldn't make a decision of what past version of myself I wanted to help. Do I want right. to help? Me yeah. a year ago, right? There. I've got 22 years experience in the beauty industry. So my problem was I, I hated my hair growing up. So it was no wonder I became a hairdresser. But then I also wish I could talk to myself when I was in beauty school, teach myself business. There were so many years of expertise that I could have peeled apart that my messaging was so unclear and nobody referred me to for business coaching in the beauty industry. Um, and, and it was in all of that that I was like, what is the one thing you are good at with all of this? Okay. Mindset and accountability. Okay. That's what I'm leaning into. Oh, but if I'm mindset and accountability, that's appeals to anybody. Now I'm, now I'm read of Sally, the hairdresser. Now does it matter? And so that took me a long time to get to that point. I had to peel back and open up the lens of how I was looking at how I was solving problems. It, it was a very interesting transition and an exploration of, of time. And that's why I brought up the time commitment that people think it takes because to become a civil engineer you had to go to school for x amount of years and then you had to start at the bottom and you had to work your way up but if anyone tells you in entrepreneurship it's gonna take you seven years before you start to see a profit in your business most people will say no thanks i'm gonna go get a regular job where i get my first week's salary in two weeks you know and it's not for everybody and that's why you know i think when you make a commitment to like you said being a trailblazer or doing things that set you apart so you don't have to live for Friday. Some people want to live for Friday and I love that. Go for yeah. it. Like it makes my Mondays off awesome because you're not there. And you know, there's, there's a perspective that we can look at everything and see the blessings and the opposite, however we want. We can make anything mean anything we want. So what are some ways, like I, I get it. You're rewriting your life. You've fully flipped the script. Like you're, you're the whole gist of this podcast. Like, you're now leaning into showing up and, and giving people this permission 
to create content from a place of like knowingness of what problem they actually solve, helping them step out onto that ledge. Um, I feel like there's probably some, some deeper ways that you fill up your cup in order to keep serving at the level you do. Can you share some of that with us? Because there are some high level entrepreneurs who listen to this show as well, who are probably like, listen, I do all the things and I'm operating at a really high level, but I don't always know how to fill up my own cup. I'm always thinking about work and I'm doing this and 24 seven. And I know you're someone who could work 24 hours a day too. So you share something also on your story about not working is the work. Yeah. Not working is the work. And I, yeah. And I struggle with that too. And I want to work more and I love what I do. And I'm like, Oh, I could, I could actually write one more email today. And you know, maybe that would get another sale. And there's always something else to do. Oh, I could uh, turn this coaching call into a five minute, you know, live coaching podcast and, you know, all the things. Um, but yeah, the, the idea that not working is the work and, you know, it's something I, I, I understand. It's just always a good reminder. Um, but like, yeah, I take every Thursday off and go snowboarding because like you said, way less traffic because of all the corporate people traveling, uh, to the mountains on the weekends. Um, but that having that full day to just be on the mountain and be with myself and just fully be present and enjoy it. Um, trail running is huge for me and I don't bring headphones a lot of the time, no podcast, no music, none of that. I just be in silence and I've, I've gotten addicted to the silence. Even sitting in the car, I won't listen to music sometimes just be with myself because that's where the true magic is, is just be in silence. But yeah, the not work is, is part of the work. Um, it's just that great reminder that, uh, yeah, we could do more, but is that, is that truly what you want? And I like this idea that I've had this with my clients before, like, it's really this this idea of so I'll give you this example I was talking about with my client uh, and then I'll bring it back to this. Basically, she ha- you know would have DMs on her Instagram, but she's the type of person who doesn't like any notifications, right? You know, her mail app doesn't have a thousand, you know, the little red one thousand mark. It's clear. She likes all that stuff clear. She's like, so when I get on Instagram, I hate seeing the like little four, or the six, and having DMs that are potential clients. Not that she hates it because we like having DMs, but she wants to get rid of it. And I'm like, you, you want this business and you want 100,000 followers. And with 100,000 followers, is going to come a lot more DMs. And if you want a business where that you can be apart from, right, then you need to learn how to be apart from four messages and save those for the end of the day, right, where you can spend an hour responding to DMs and not keep getting pulled away every five minutes of the day Going, oh no, no notification. I got to respond to this DM right away. Right. But if you want those 100,000 followers and with that comes the 99 plus notification in your DMs, you will never get that if you can't handle four, if you can't handle one, right? You will not get the next level of problems if you can't handle the current level of problems you're facing now. So you need to put in practices in place to be able to handle that. You know, move, move. We have the primary in general. I move it over to general and practice not clicking it. And with every, it's like, you know, if you're trying to like get off sugar, right? Every time you say no to the cookie or the piece of candy, it is a win and it's practice and saying no to that thing. So in practicing separating yourself from these DMs so that it can fill up with more so that you can grow because your Instagram won't grow. Like I said, it won't grow because with that will come more DMs, but you can't handle more DMs. So you're not going to get the growth. Same thing with haters. You can't handle one hater, well, you're not going to get 10. But if you want 100,000 followers, you're going to get a lot more haters. But you can't handle one hater, so you're not going to get 10. You're not going to get 1,000. So you cannot get the next level of problems if you can't handle the current level of problems. 
So bringing that back to this separation of work is if you want this big business that's going to grow and create more money, but you're so attached to your business, well, the more money you make and you start hiring employees, the more attached you're going to get to it. The more you're going to want to like check in on everyone and, and, oh, let's keep growing and all this stuff. And it's like, you're not going to get that if you can't separate. And I'm just, I'm speaking just so openly and being like, I struggle with that. And I, I see that, I understand it. And it is that constant practice like this morning to be like, you are not allowed to work until you go for your walk. Because if walks are important and getting my, I've been doing a bad job of getting my 10,000 steps and I know how good it is to get that movement in. I've even gained weight, not because I stopped working out or dieting. It's because I, or whatever, eating healthy. It's because I just stopped getting my steps in and I started gaining weight because of that. Nothing else changed. And so I was like, I woke up this morning. I'm like, okay, part of also stepping in your power, but also who, who is that millionaire Matt? Who is he? Is he the guy who's not getting steps in and is gaining weight? And not taking care of himself, not getting sunshine, not making time for his friends and all that stuff? Or is he the guy who gets his steps in, separates from his business, you know, has a healthy life, has great relationships? If that's who you want to be, be it now. If that's who you want to be, be it now. I mean, I know you didn't mean to say that, but you said it. It was good. It was good. Everything I say is intentional. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And if we didn't practice you know, with our podcasting skills, A, being the podcaster, and then B, being a host or a guest on people's podcasts, you, those, putting yourself out there and being uncomfortable doing that the first couple times, even getting the nerve up to start your own podcast, like it's all a power, the power of growth and the power of getting clear on your message. And you can just hear the conviction in, in his voice when he's sharing his message and his um, authenticity around wanting to help other people get clear on their message so that they can do the damn thing. And, you know, he's not a million steps ahead of us. He's right here with us doing the work. And, you know, you can get so much more connection time with Matthew if you hop over to Powerful Online Leadership, the podcast. Um, is there meaning behind the name with that podcast? Yes, there is. Powerful Online Leadership. I want to help you step into your power as a leader in the online space. Boom. That, and that, of course, starts with yourself. And actually, and I would love to come back to storytelling um, real quickly, too, because I think this is so important and, and why um, not only does it create that know, like, and trust from your audience, but again, getting back to you, this helps you become more clear on who you are in this world. You know, I've told my bike trip story so many fucking times for seven years. Jess, are you a fan of New Girl? Am I what? A fan of New Girl, the show? No, what's New Girl? You don't know New Girl with Zoe no. Deschanel? Oh, uh-uh, no. The character's is name it, is literally Jess. <laughs> is it a TV show? Yeah. Well, that's why. Okay, I don't watch a ton of TV. That's okay. probably it. Yeah, but I will. I'll, I'll well, check anyway, it out. there's a guy, Schmidt. Your listeners might know. He's got a douchebag jar. Every time he says something inappropriate, he's got to put money in the jar. My friend made up a, a bike trip jar for me where I had to put a dollar in every time I <laughs> mentioned the bike trip. So um, anyway, I've told that story so many times. But even this past year, it's been seven years this coming year. Even this past year, I've learned more about myself in taking that trip, that it was the first time in my life where I actually chose something for myself, right? Like I'm, out, I'm over here wearing this Mets hat. I didn't choose that. My dad's a Mets fan. My favorite sport is baseball. Well, I didn't really choose that. My dad coached my brother and I, you know, for 15 years of our life. Like, did I really ever choose loving baseball or was it kind of brought on me? And, and I think we're influenced always in our life, but it truly felt like the bike trip was like, no, this is what I want in my life. I want to do this. And I had that realization last year and that was fucking 
six years of telling this story that I learned more about myself. And so with storytelling, it's a such an incredibly powerful way to learn more about yourself and to repeat similar stories and to get a little deeper with them every time you tell them. But not only that, you talked about this client journey, right? How long does it take for somebody to have this know, like, and trust and to want to start buying from you? Well, I believe we can shorten that journey with storytelling. So when we think about our favorite movies, right? I'll always use Lion King as an example because most everyone's seen it. But every single movie, and you listener, you can think of your favorite movie right now. It's a very, very specific story. It's about Simba, right? Whose evil uncle killed his father. And now he has this existential crisis of if he's, if he's capable of being the king of the jungle. So he runs away and, you know, gets scared off by these laughing hyenas and meets two of his buddies who are a warthog and a meerkat. And uh, then his mentor, who's a baboon. That is not your story. You have not met a baboon who's your mentor. Your best friends are not a meerkat and a, and a pig who sang you Hakuna Matata, right? Your evil uncle did not murder your dad by throwing him off a cliff and getting stampeded by antelope. But we as humans have this deep desire to connect with people. So we insert ourselves into people's stories. We find meaning for ourselves. We put our meaning to it when we hear someone else's story. So in that version of Lion King, you know, maybe Jess and you saw it when you were younger, probably had a different meaning when you had your kid. And now you see it from a different perspective. And it might mean even more to you now, but we find ourselves in that. Maybe it is that existential crisis. If we're capable, can we trust ourselves? Maybe it is, oh my God, I had friends who lifted me up when I was down. Maybe it's the mentor to put you on the right track like Rafiki did, right? We will find ourselves in that. But you see with movies, you get like two hours and movies will make you cry and they'll make you laugh and they'll get you excited and motivated. They'll make your palms sweaty. They create this deep emotion. And if we can fall in love with movies like that, right? And you think about your favorite movie. And if someone told you worst movie of all time, you would stand up for that movie. And you'd be like, what? Right? There's a lot of emotion attached to it. So if storytelling does that as humans, why would we not tell more stories with our content? Why would we not show people, look at what I've been through? Not only from an in, so I call this industry stories and personal stories. So an industry story being like, yeah, I was a personal trainer. I didn't think I was an entrepreneur. I didn't think I'd have to market myself. And then I was a photographer and I learned how to market myself and blah, 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 right? I could tell that story about how I got into marketing, right? That's about the thing that I do. There's this other side, the personal side. Why am I a Mets fan, right? And I could talk about my relationship with my dad and brother and how much that means to me. Nothing to do with marketing, but someone's going to watch that and build a deep connection and be like, I'm close with my dad because we are you know, uh, like Lions fans or whatever. And even though it's different for them, right? Maybe a different sport, different team, but like, oh, I have that connection with my dad because, you know, whatever, he taught me ballet. I don't, that was a weird example, but right, we just will find ourselves in these stories. And then that, now that builds a connection with you. And Jess, if somebody's going to hire a podcast coach and there are all these other podcast coaches out there who might have more results than you, might have a million followers, more followers than you, why would they choose you? When just on the surface, when this person has more followers, more results, all this stuff, they're going to choose you because they're connected with you. And then to top that off, your best clients, my best clients are my friends. There's a mutual trust. I show up because I care so much about them. They show up. They show up for themselves, of course, but they also don't want to let me down. So they actually do the work and they trust me. When I give them advice, they trust that advice. And if you don't have that trust with somebody, they're not going to do the work. So if you're sitting here and you have clients who aren't doing the work, I'm willing to bet 
you don't really like each other that much, or there hasn't been trust built. Maybe you could get there, but maybe you haven't opened up. Maybe you haven't created that space. Maybe they don't know enough about you, right? So it's in all these ways that storytelling can really pull in your ideal client, build this deep connection, and them going like, holy crap, I, I don't know what it is, but I love Matt, and I want to work with him as the content coach, or for you, Jess, right? And that final thing is just the relationship of your best friend. So I want to come back to like that zone of genius framework that I talked about, that 30% of storytelling and repeating yourself over and over. Most people want this to happen, right? One piece of content, that's going to blow up my business. I've had viral reels. They rarely help. I had one that got 800 likes, zero followers, right? That's not what this is about. This is about creating relationships. And so when you think about your best friend, at one point they were a stranger and then you met over something common ground right? Maybe it was the Mets. And then you went to some Mets games and you talked about the team and, you know, the trades and all this stuff and your chances of going to World Series. And then through, as you're hanging out, you start talking about how you grew up and the music you like. And then maybe on the 20th meeting, you come to the game and you're like, I can't even focus, man. Like I just got in a big blowout fight with my wife. Like I'm just so stressed out. And then now you're talking to this person about relationship problems. And then you leave that meeting, that hangout sesh, and you're sitting in your room and you're like, I think Jess is my best friend. But you see, what you don't do is make a list of, here's why we're Mets fans. We're both, you know, in relationships. Blah, blah. You don't make a list. It's a subconscious feeling about someone that you have, right? And it's the same thing for your followers. Why are they going to choose you? Buying is 95% emotional. So we build emotion through stories. And one day they're going to be like, I don't know what it is. I don't even give a fuck what Jess is selling. I'm buying it. It's actually what happened to me with Chris Harder. <laughs> joined his mastermind, Fast Foundations, because I was like, I love this dude. I don't even know what it is. I'm buying it, right? And you've probably seen this. Yeah, same for you. You Listeners probably have seen this, you know, whatever in their own buying habits. It's like, we're actually not that logical. It's really emotional. And you build that emotion over time with your content, one story after the other, one educational piece after the other, showing you're the expert, showing testimonials. I teach these five pieces of content, so I'm kind of just rattling them off. But right, it's all these different types of content that shows that you're the expert, that you've done this work, you tell stories you know, to show you've been where they are, they can connect with you. You tell stories about your beliefs and your worldview so they can connect with you there. And it's all of these things that slowly build up that emotion till somebody's ready, or hopefully, there's never really ready, but they feel like, I just need to work with Matt. And getting back to your, your question is like, it might take a year, but I think we could do it in six months if we tell more stories. I think we could do it in three months if we tell more stories and get more connected with our audience. Definitely if you're putting yourself out on the ledge and your messaging is clear, for sure. And I'd love to use the analogy that, you know, someone's your new best friend and it's not the literal sense of going to the games and talking about the He's, I think, talking about even those conversations in the DMs being kind of mini meetups and a place where you can connect and share on things that you love because you've been posting and talking about them and letting people in on your life so they feel like they really know you and you're having those conversations in a really authentic way um, in your DMs or through your messaging or through people commenting on some of your posts. Like that engagement is like going on a date, like having five minutes with someone to connect on something um, is a lot bigger than you think and creates more residual impact further on. But, you know, you just gave the story of like 20, 20 meetups later, you guys think you're best friends. And I think people think it has to happen in one, like someone's going to comment one time and then buy your shit or book an appointment with you. And I find that to be true in the beauty industry. Cause I know I still have a ton of people in the beauty industry who listen to this podcast. And I, I know a lot of them lack the vision on why they should be posting anything other than pretty hair pictures in order to get new clients in. 
And I think while the work can speak for itself, you know, people want to know why, if you're say booked out six weeks, why they should wait for you. How is their experience going to be in the time they're in your chair from the moment they message you on social to book to when they leave? What's the follow-up going to be like? I think- Wait, Jess, you know what's, you know what's so funny about this? Sorry to cut you off. So specifically with the beauty industry, what happens when you sit down and get your hair done? Because I've been actually going to, with my longer hair now, been going to not barbers, but actually like beauty salons and stuff. And mm-hmm. what happens every time? Oh my God, the hairdresser talks your ear off and you talk about everything in your relationship, where you live and you're moving. What are you doing this winter? What are your plans for holidays? So if that happens in the chair, why would you not share that on social media? If someone knows my experience is going to be very personal with this person, but you only share like beauty tips or whatever, like all, you know, your haircut and the, and the before and after photos, it's like, but you can see there's a, there's a, there's a block for a lot of people who are very successful in the beauty industry who who rinse out a lot of clients per day like they have nothing left to talk about at the end of the day and so i think that's where we spoke about earlier about not doing work is part of the work and so even taking a day off to get clear headed so that you have more capacity to share you know what your experience will be like there are ways to scale your business um, even if you are a one-to-one service provider that can be more impactful. And if people know how much value they're going to get from sitting in your chair, it's not just the haircut you're going to walk away with. It's the connection piece. It's the storytelling. It's the space holding. It's the, I see you, I relate with you. I'm giving you more than just that, you know, good haircut. And all of us hairdressers know this, but that's the messaging part that they forget to share with people who are our guests in the chair who are not hairdressers. You know, if you've been going to someone for a long time, you know that, you know what you can get from your hairdresser. That's why I've had clients for 20 years. 15, 20 years, I've retained clients for that long who have grown with me, who have gone through the price increases, who've moved multiple times in salons. Like they don't give a fuck where I'm doing hair. So they just want that piece of me. And that goes back to that energy piece that Matt and I shared earlier around people wanting to be around your energy, which is why we bought from Chris Harder. It's that thing that someone's putting out there, that true authentic version of themselves, um, that you just connect with. So I guess the end of the day, this message is really long podcast that we put together for you guys is go out and be yourself. And if you need structure and accountability and framework and a little bit of handholding, Content Club is for you. You guys don't miss this opportunity to join because I don't know. Maybe it'll be free forever. I don't know. But Matt is in this servant place right now and it's available for you. The podcast is a free resource you can go tap into. Instagram is too. So you've got three amazing places to get off this podcast right now. Go follow him on Instagram. It's Matthew.Allen. And just say hi, say what's up. Oh yeah, I do struggle with content. Just self-admitted, it's okay. We've all been there and a lot of times we're still there. We're just doing the best we can with, you now know better. So go out and let's do better. How about that? Matt, you wanna leave them with any final words? I love it, I love it all. Yeah, it just it just takes practice. I said it before, you can have your 50 without the first. So just like get out there, be messy. No one's gonna remember it. And uh, yeah, hit me up, it's fun. I'm not here to sell you anything because I don't even know if I can actually help you. So let's create a connection and maybe there's a better place for you. Uh, maybe it isn't content messaging. Maybe you need to go somewhere else. But yeah, I'm, I'm really here, like you said, just to serve and help people. And uh, I love how you said that because I was thinking about content. Club. I'm like, this could easily be a paid membership and the value I want to bring to it, um, I probably should be charging for. But, uh, you know, I don't care. I, I want to help people get their message out and really help them step into their truth and attract those right people and then this is just what feels good like you can continue to ignore this this higher calling to do more to be a little different right just you could continue to ignore wanting to do these podcasts and help people with that and stay in the beauty industry but would keep eating at your soul 
right? And it would keep nagging at you and you ultimately wouldn't feel super fulfilled. It's kind of actually what I journal about, about being a trailblazer. You know, it's starting with trusting yourself and then saying what you truly want to say. And the more you start to trust those things and not do what everyone else in the industry is doing, but do it your way and speak your truth, that's when you really will start to see your business succeed. And it's not overnight. It's going to take a little bit of time for you to get clear, for your audience to start to see this new side of you, but they're going to start to see this higher version of yourself who you truly were always meant to be. And they're going to start falling in love with that. They're going to start sharing you. Uh, they're going to want to connect more. Uh, so, you know, don't wait. And if you need help, come hang out and I'm happy to offer that support. Yes. And if you don't know, if you're new to this podcast or if you've been waiting for a personal invitation to the Beauty Insiders membership, it too is now free. I have been running that program for a little over six months. And we have a beautiful community inside of that of others who are looking for accountability on growing their personal brand. And that's why, you know, bringing Matt on today to talk about this, but also just to share a story because we have such a great uh, connection through putting ourselves out there and getting into rooms that felt a little bit like a stretch and committing to to just showing up as the best version of ourselves as we figure it out. So this is your invitation to do that. You can hop into both groups for free today. So the links are all in the show notes. Do yourself a favor, take action, and then start to integrate that into all of your stuff. Uh, we got you. We love you. And we'll see you on the next episode. Which one of your girls needs to hear this one? Send this to someone who could use a smile, some encouragement, and a little love from this edgy podcast host. Much thanks and all the love. Thank you.